kiddos a hand clap as they make their way out. They're ready for Christmas. They're ready to rip open some presents and give wrapping paper and tear off some houses. Because that's what it's all about. You know, kids, they love to just rip open the paper. And then they see what they get. They want to go straight to the next one. But, man, we're so excited to be with you here this morning. Hope you guys are in the Christmas spirit because Christmas is next Sunday. Y'all, next Sunday is Christmas Day, which, unfortunately, we won't be here uh, to... Well, it's not unfortunate, but yes, we won't be here to worship together in person next Sunday because we want to spend time with our families, everybody, but we will have our songs of Christmas service, uh, Christmas service this Friday at 630. Everybody's welcome to attend, so that will be our Christmas service for this year. It will be this Friday at 630 p.m., and we hope to see you guys there. Y'all having a good day today so far? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm glad to see your smiling faces today. Man, today has been a musical day. For the meet and greet, we had a pianist play, and then we just listened to, I know you guys online didn't hear it, but we just had someone play uh, the saxophone. And it's one thing that I love is the saxophone, because jazz is like one of my top genres of music. My wife will tell you, I listen to jazz all the time. That's like one of my favorite genres of music. And anytime I hear the saxophone, I'm like, that's it right there. That, it's good. And Donald did a phenomenal job. Y'all give it up for Donald one more time. Who knows, you may see it floating around on social media. You have to see. But uh, today is, the. can you believe this? This is the last Sunday that we will meet in person for this year. Man, this, uh, this year has, I know we say it every year, but the year has really gone by fast. And this is the last Sunday that we will gather here together. We just finished our foundations. Uh, yes, our foundation series. It was a six-week series, so you could go back and catch up and listen to that. But today is not a part of a sermon series. It's just something that I, God placed on my heart to share, uh, to look forward to 2023. So I know this is not here yet, but this is the time to start preparing, to start focusing on, because you know, everybody, New Year's, resolu- uh, New Year's resolutions, gym memberships are cleaning up because they know they're about to rack up on some money. Because people, I got to get in shape. And boy, the gyms are the happiest people when January 1st hits. Because that's where they make all their money. Because if you think about it, if every person that signed up for a gym membership showed up on the same day at the same time, they would not have room to fit that. But they know they don't, they, people don't do it, so they don't care. And they signed up as many people as they want. But everybody has New Year's resolutions and New Year's goals and things like that. But spiritually, I feel like we should already go into the new year with a focus that says, I'm going to accomplish these things, or I'm going to be focused on these things even before the new year begins. Because at the beginning of the year, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh commitment to the Lord. It's an opportunity to go deeper in your relationship with God. And you say, well, maybe it didn't turn out the way that I wanted to in 22, but 23 is going to be even better. Amen? So the message I want to share with you today is entitled, Charged for 2023. Charged for 2023. And these are on the, the notes are on the app as well, so you can follow along. But let's just open up in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for today, for the awesome privilege it is to serve you and to seek your face, that you would call us children, sons, and daughters of Christ. Lord, what an awesome privilege. What an awesome opportunity as we lead up to Christmas and the, the birth of our Savior for all humanity. Lord, we honor you. We thank you for the precious gift of your son, Jesus Christ. 
And I pray that as we go through this word today, that you open up our hearts to receive. Let it fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Charged for 2023. So the whole point of this message is I want to give you three things that all of us, and you can add your own things to it as well. So don't feel like you just limit to the old pastor said just these three things. You can put whatever you want to add to this list. But I just, these are three things that just stood out to me that I felt like the Lord wanted to share, that these should be at least three focuses that we have moving into 2023. And all of this is help us just to charge you to draw closer in your relationship with God. Amen? Amen. So we're going to start the main text. It's going to be from Revelations chapter 3, starting in verse 15. And this was actually in our daily readings. I can't remember which day this week, but it was one of those days. Revelations 3.15, it says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have everything I want. I need, I, I don't need a thing. You don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Verse 18, it says, so, advise, so I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you will not be ashamed by your nakedness and the ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So, di so be diligent and turn from your what? Indifference. That was a strong word for a letter to the church, and I feel like there are some things in here that stood out. I was like, you know what? This is a good focus for us to have moving into 2023, so I want to share that with you, a few things that stood out to me. The first one is this. You could, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first one is this. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. So moving into 2023, I'm saying I'm going in a mindset. In 2023, I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm not going to be lukewarm in 2023. We all know the status of our relationship with God, and we can ask ourselves eternally, Am I, is my relationship with God lukewarm, or is it hot or cold? He said, I would rather you be hot or cold versus lukewarm. I don't like lukewarm water. Do anybody like lukewarm water? It, I, it, like, I want it to be cold. If I'm going to drink a glass of water, I like it to be cold but not lukewarm. It's just like something about lukewarm water. Like you said, I just want to spit it out of my mouth. But God's saying, I, I, because you are not hot or cold and you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. So we have to ask, what, what causes us to become lukewarm? Or if there are there any areas in our life that are lukewarm? And a good way to find yourself being lukewarm in your relationship with God is to stay inconsistent and indifferent. To stay inconsistent and indifferent, because at the end of that chapter it says, turn away from your indifference. When you become inconsistent in your pursuit of your relationship with God and also believers in the local church, guess what? Over time, you become uh, inconsistent and indifferent towards the things of God and towards the thing of the local things of the local church. Those things are going on like, hey, we have a prayer. Well, you know, I mean, I know they have prayer on Wednesday, but I got a lot going on right now. I know I need to read my word, but, you know. It's just, I'm just busy. Gotta, and over time, what happened is you're turning indifferent towards the things of God because of your inconsistency. And when you're inconsistent, there's no way for God to build upon you and say, oh, well, how can I draw closer to you when you're being inconsistent in pursuing me? 
It's like there's so much I want to I tell you. There's so much I want to do for you, but you're inconsistent in your ways. Have y'all ever met somebody that's inconsistent? Like you don't know what to expect for them. Like some days it's good. You're like, oh, they're good today. And then some days they're all over the place. It's like they're not inconsistent. They're not consistent in their emotions or their attitudes or, or anything. You know why is that? Because inconsistency and indifference brings in instability. And when you have, uh, and when you're not stable, everything around you is like a whirlwind. And consistency, when we begin to become consistent in the things of God, guess what happens? We become stable. We become stable, and then our pursuit of God begins to fire up, and the passion begins to return. Because really, another way to look at it is, when you're inconsistent and indifferent, you just lost your passion. That's pretty, the basic way to, to explain that is, you've lost your passion for the things of God. The, while the word used to excite you, no, it doesn't. When the presence of God, you couldn't wait to get in the presence of God. Oh, Wednesday night prayer. Oh, I can't. Oh, in my prayer closet at home, I can't wait to just throw on some worship music and get. And over time, inconsistent and indifference, you lose your passion, and the things of God become not as appetizing as they once were, because what you lost your passion. And man, in 2023, we have to make a, a, a declaration to ourselves and to God and say, God, I'm going to be consistent. I'm not going to lose my passion. I'm not going to be lukewarm because I don't want you to spit me out of, my, out of your mouth. I don't, God, I don't want you to give up on me. How do you do that? You keep yourself passionate throughout the whole year. Is it easy? No. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But you have to fan in the flames of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to do whatever you can to maintain your passion. You have to maintain your passion. And talking about consistency, it brings stability. There's nothing greater in this world than knowing that things are taken care of and it's stable. Like when you know things are taken care of and it's stable, boy, that brings a sense of relief. Boy, it brings a sense of peace. You know, for our family, Friday night is family night. And Camden looks forward to that. So every time we pick her up from school, the first thing she says is, what movie are we watching tonight? We're like, Camden, how's your day going? What movie are we watching? Because she loves to watch movies. She don't even answer our question. What movie are we watching tonight? Because she knows family, on a Friday, is family night. And we, if she wants to watch a movie, we watch a movie. She likes burgers. Sometimes we go watch, eat burgers somewhere or something like that. But she knows that Friday is family night. And so with that, that consistency over time, she knows on Fridays what to expect, and it brings stability in her world. And that's like the, what it is with the things of God. If you become consistent in the things of God, guess what? Over time, things become stable. It stabilizes. And when you become consistent in the word, you know I could go to the word and I'm going to receive something today. But if you hit and miss with the word, sometimes it's like, well, I didn't really get anything today. Be consistent with it because it will bring stability. All of us need stability, especially little kids. If you're a parent with little kids, and I don't claim to be a parent expert at all, but I do know this, kids need stability. A lot of what teachers would call discipline problems is not really discipline problems. Kids are just tired because they stay up all night and they have no routine. We had Camden on the routine since she was seven months old of sleep. And the first night she slept, we thought something was wrong with her because she didn't cry. And we kept checking on her and checking on her. And then finally we realized, oh, she got it. And so now, even if she gets tired, she says, I'm a little tired now. Can I go to bed? 
Why? Because we made a pattern for her sleep schedule. It's been consistent her whole life. And we know when she gets off of it because she gets cranky. And she gets a little bit more extra when she's off her pattern of sleep. But what it has done in her life is bring stability to her sleep. So when she gets up in the morning, she's I can't wait to go to school. And she's excited because it, we've helped her identify these are ways that you become stable in your life. And you have to ask yourself, in what ways am I lukewarm or unstable in my life? And bring consistency, consistency to that. So that's what I charge for 2023. I will not be lukewarm. I will not be inconsistent. I will not be uh, indifferent and have a lack of passion for the things of God. I will be passionate. I will pursue the Lord with all my heart. I will not give up. I will trust God. I will have faith. I will read my word. I will pray. I will seek his presence. What is that? That's passion. You can't do that without passion. So we have to stir the flames and make sure I have passion for the things of God and I'm turning away from my indifference. Turn away from your indifference. How do you do that? I'll tell you right now. These are areas, just a few, that if you want to bring stability in your life, you want to bring consistency in your life, and you want to turn uh, from uh, just being lukewarm in your life, these are three areas that will help you. I'm telling you, I've been in ministry for, eh, what, about 20-something years, and I'm telling you, these things do not fail. And you might feel, this is repetitive. I know, because it doesn't, it doesn't fail. It doesn't fit. It stood the test of time. You know, like they said, uh, certain mountains, they've, they've been there so long, they've stood the test of time. They've been through storm and storm, but it's still standing. These things, they stood the test of time, but they're still standing. You do these three things, I guarantee you, your passion for God and your passion for the local church will begin to burn and burn and burn and grow deeper and deeper and deeper. Amen. So what are these areas that I'm talking about that we need to be consistent in? The first one is the most important, your devotions. It's your devotions. It's your word life, your prayer life, and worship life. I'm mean, sorry, the word, prayer, and worship. You get on fire and consistent with those three things, I guarantee you it's going to be hard to lose passion. Because what's going to happen is you're going to create such an appetite for the word that you can't, I can't miss a day. I'll, you'll stop what you're doing and say, you know what, I just need to get in some, uh, the presence of God. I, my mind is thinking crazy. I, whatever I'm going on right now is it's just too much. I just need to, get, I need to throw on some worship music, and I need to get in the presence of God. What is that? You can't do that if you're not consistent. But when you're consistent, you immediately know what to run to to get yourself out of the funk. Some people don't know how to pull themselves out of the funk because they're not consistent. And when you're inconsistent in your devotions, what source of strength are you going to draw from? There is no source. You, now you try to fill it with other things, but those things never satisfy. But I'm telling you, you get your passion back, you get focused and consistent with your devotions. The second thing is this, be consistent in your church attendance. Whatever church you attend, be consistent. Because I promise you, there's strength when you uh, fellowship with other believers. There's a camaraderie, there's a unity, there's a love. There's an encouragement. There's a joy that only comes with spending time with other believers in the house of God. Because I truly believe that God, that the local church is the hope for the world. The local church, the world, people say the world is dead and doom and gloom. No, the local church is the hope for the world. And if you get plugged into a good local church, you're watching a lot, you get plugged into a good local church and consistent with that, I promise you, over time, you will see your relationship with God grow because you're building with other believers. 
Satan wants you to say, you can do this all by yourself. You don't need a community because the community is just going to hold you back because they'll see how gifted you are, and then they're going to start being jealous of you. That's a lie. But community is there to help you get stronger. Because think about this. How many conversations have you had, for, I'm just, people in this church, how many conversations have you had with someone in church, something that you, you mentioned maybe in the past, and then someone brought it up in the, later on to encourage you or just to question you about it, say, you, I remember you mentioned this uh, in the past. How's that going? And you could say, oh, I didn't even know you knew about that. They'll remember that. And then they could begin to minister to you and encourage you in that thing, and it could be the very thing that you need to help you rise above and to fight. But you can't experience that when you're alone. Who are you going to call when you're alone and at the house if you don't have a community of believers? Ghostbusters? <laughs> it's like they ain't coming. <laughs> They're not coming. But when you're connected to a community of believers, man, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful thing. My whole Christian walk, I've always been connected to a local church, which is only two, the one in Baton Rouge and here. It's like I've only been connected to two local churches, but I'm telling you, there's power and strength when you connect. It's power, and I'm telling you, and you see someone, uh, a testimony of someone, if God did it for them, guess what? He could do it for me. And they can encourage you with, I read this today. God gave me this word for you. But how can you receive a word from someone if you're never in attendance? You can't. Be consistent in that. And the last thing is, and this is a big one, be consistent in your serving. When you're consistent in serving, it opens up. We talk about this all the time. We say, why do we keep talking about the same things? Because it, it, it stands the test of time. It stands the test of time. When you begin to serve, what it does is it brings up uh, conversations that God wants to have specifically to your heart. And he begins to talk to you. And he begins to deal with you. And when you're in a relationship with other believers and serving with them, think about this. How many conversations have you had with other people that you would never have if you didn't serve with them? There will be conversations that could be life-changing for you, only that will be God-ordained if you were serving. But if you don't serve, you don't position in yourself to have those conversations. I can't tell you how many men that I've met in my life just serving them. And then we're doing work together, and obviously when you're working together, conversations happen. And you begin to talk. What's going on? Yeah, man, I'm just going through this right now. Just what's going on? Tell me about it. And then they tell you what's going on, and then you begin to pray, and like, man, I really needed this. When the next time we doing this again? And it builds a hunger, and it builds an excitement to say, what I just experienced, I need more of that. But you have to be consistent in your serving. Because not only are we commanded to love one another, it says, but we ought to treat each other as we treat ourselves. The best way that Jesus came as a servant leader, his whole ministry was to serve, not to be served. And when we serve each other and we serve the community and the, the, um, the world around us, guess what? You, feel, you receive such a fulfillment and a joy that you can't even describe. I'm telling you, it's life-changing. It is very and truly life-changing. And you feel like, well, it's just so inf- insignificant what I'm doing. No, it's not. It doesn't matter what you're doing when you're serving. You're doing it unto the Lord. That's the thing you have to remember. I'm serving unto the Lord as I serve my other brother and sister. And there's a reward that you will receive for that. Amen? So those are the three things. Be consistent in your devotions, in your church attendance, and your serving. And also, and how do you become or stay consistent and don't lose your passion? You have to do this. Identify leeches. 
you have to identify leeches. What I mean, you know, everybody, anybody ever been bitten by a leech? All leeches do is they attack to, attach to your skin and they suck the blood out of you. Blood, there's life in the blood. We can't sustain life without blood. And when those leeches attach to you, what they're trying to do is suck the life out of you. So you have to make sure what leeches are attached to me that I need to get free from in 2023. And what are leeches? This is the biggest one and the one that has stood the test of time. Wrong relationships. Every single time. I remember there was somebody, me and tomorrow, like they've been on our heart heavy. And we've been trying to reach out, but we, do you want to give people space because you don't want to seem pushy? Come to find out, they started seeing someone. That explains it all. It explains it all. It, I'm telling you, it don't matter what city. It don't matter what state. It don't matter what country. It don't matter what continent. It doesn't matter what time frame. It doesn't matter if it was in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 2000s. Wrong relationships will suck the life out of you. It don't matter. What, however you want to slice it, wrong relationships will suck the life out of you, and it will drain your passion for the things of God. Because you'll be so consumed with that relationship, and then don't let sin get involved in that relationship, then you're really going to lose your passion for God because you're convicted, and you say, I can't come in his presence. Because the guilt and shame will come inside, and it will overtake you to the point where you begin to run from God. you got to identify them wrong relationships. Second thing that are leeches that will pull you away or stop you from being consistent is wrong pursuits. These are things that you do that draw you away from God. Now, there's a lot of good things out there that you could do for hobbies and stuff like that. But when it comes to the point where it takes precedent of your pursuit of the Lord, that's a leech. It becomes a leech and it's, it's sucking the life out of you. Or it could be something that is distracting you from your family. And we have to identify, am I pursuing the wrong things? Because I'm telling you, if you pursue God with all your heart, he'll begin to point out, hey, this pursuit over here, I need you to give me that. I'm not saying that. You can't do that, but the amount of time you put into that, give that to me because that's sucking the life out of you, and it's causing you not to spend enough time in my presence. It's causing you not to spend enough time in my word. And I know this about the Holy Spirit. He will point it out. He will point it out. So we have to identify wrong pursuits. Also, we have to stay away from wrong conversations. Stay away from wrong conversations. You want to get jacked up? You want to get all dazed and confused? Get yourself caught up in some wrong conversations. Yeah, I heard this about the pastor. I heard this about the church. I heard this about the members of what they do. And Oh, oh really? And then what happens is it's a lie from the enemy, but then you start to ponder on it. And then you start to say, well, I wonder if it's real, because why would they just make something up? Why would they just come, with, come up with that out of the blue? Obviously, the devil works through people. And he needs a willing vessel to plant the seeds of lies in your mind. So you have to be careful of wrong conversations. In the workplace, be careful of wrong conversations. Well, you know, our supervisor, she don't really like us. And, I, and I've been working hard, and she don't want to give me a promotion. And I know I deserve a promotion over such and such. Don't work. OK, well, I'll see you later. Don't, don't, don't entertain them conversations, because what is going to happen is, you could be, at some point, you could begin to take on other people's offenses as well. That's the main thing about wrong conversations. Somebody could tell you about their experience, and then you take it on as yours. Well, if they did it to them, they'll do it to me. And now you guard it. And now you got walls up that shouldn't even be there because you've listened to wrong conversations. It's a leech. 
2023, I'm not going to entertain wrong conversations. I'm not. And also, not everyone deserves to speak into your life. Not everyone deserves to speak into your life. They don't have the right to do that. Well, they shouldn't. And you should limit the people that you allow to speak into your life. Because there's a lot of parking lot prophets out there. I got a word from the Lord. And I want to give you this word. Thus says the Lord. And he's like, man, I don't even know you. What you talking about? But we get excited when we hear stuff. Just think about it. If someone says, I have a prophecy for you, some of you, like, depending on who you are, you might be like, "Eh, I don't know about that. But then, but most people, they're like, oh, what's the prophecy? And then they hold on to it for the rest of their life. Every church they go to, bouncing from church to church, waiting for their prophecy to be fulfilled, which, like, was that even from God? Did you even ask God in prayer, is this of you? It should be a confirmation from God by the Holy Spirit and also by spiritual authority. Like, yes, I could, I, yes, that, I, that sounds like it's on. But if you just go on it, what you think about this situation, Sister Smell Fungus? What you, what you think about this uh, situation, Sister Broomhilda? And you're going to all these different people get as a sounding board, letting them speak into your life. Wrong conversations will jack you up. It'll leave you all dazed and confused. Stay away from wrong conversations and limit the people you allow to speak into your life. The people that I allow to speak in my life, I can see a track record of their life and see the decisions that they've made and the wisdom that they've displayed to say, you know what, that is a person that deserve, that, I, that I feel like can speak into my life about where I am and where I'm going. But if I really don't know you, I mean, I might, you could talk, but then I go, okay, well, yeah, sure, thank you, brother. But it's like, you have to make sure, is this person credible that you're allowing to speak into your life? Because some people, they just talk to anybody until they can get the answer they want. That's it right there. That's the confirmation. No, it's not. You just want some. You just want to do foolishness, and you just need one person to agree with your foolishness. Stay away from wrong conversations. Amen? Amen. So for 2023, I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be passionate, and I'm going to pursue the Lord. Amen? Second thing, and we read this in Revelation, it says, receive the correction and discipline of God. Receive the correction and discipline of God. In 2023, I'm going to receive the correction and discipline of God. And people hear that word discipline, they think punishment, but that's not what it means at all. All it means is this, God sees something in your character, in your life that's off. He's just trying to correct it, not punish you. He said, hey, this area, I need you to give me that. Let me bring a little correction or discipline to you so I can correct what this is to get you back on track in your pursuit of me. But some people run from God's correction because it could be painful. And Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32 says, if you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you you will grow in your understanding. When you receive God's correction and discipline, guess what begins to happen? It says right there, you grow in your understanding. Understanding of what? The things of God. How God speaks to you. How God moves. How God operates. When you receive his correction and discipline, you grow in understanding. Things become a little bit more clear because obviously he's the creator of you, the heavens and the earth, and everything that we see. And why not listen to his correction and discipline? Because there's no one greater than him. No one. And when you do that, it says that, 
you will grow in your understanding. So if you lack understanding, ask yourself this. What areas of my life have I ignored the Lord's discipline and correction? Are there areas, I'm not, and you got to commit this, he said, 2023, when the Lord points things out, I'm going to move swiftly. I'm not going to delay it because just because you delay it don't mean it's going to change. you just prolonging it. Now you open yourself up to walk through more stuff that God never intended you to walk through. And that's how people say, well, I don't understand why things keep going bad. Well, did you ignore something that God spoke to you? You need to go back, repent, do what he says, and keep it moving. The good thing is we can repent of it and move forward because God loved. There's nothing, we read that last week, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. So all you have to do is just come to him and repent and say, God, I repent for ignoring your discipline and correction. And he said, okay, I forgive you. Let's keep moving forward. It's a lot easier to do it swiftly. We always tell Camden, swift obedience is, oh, slow obedience is no obedience. Swift obedience is obedience. Because you can move slow and drag your feet. I know I was supposed to do this, but... I know God said to do this and get rid of that, but it's just, I don't feel like it. It's, it's too hard. Why, why are he always telling me to get rid of stuff? Because he's trying to draw you closer to him. He's trying to pur- uh, uh, purify you. He's trying to make you holy. He's trying to make you righteous. He's trying to make you stable. But if you keep ignoring his re- discipline and rejection, at some point he's just going to sit back and say, well, I'm going to just... Let them just do and make a mess of themselves, and then they'll come back to me eventually. And he'll be there with open arms. But you've walked through a litany of things that you had no intention to walk through. I never intended for you to walk through that, but you obe- you disobeyed me. You didn't listen to my word. And I can't, I can't cover you when you're disobedient. I can't protect you when you're disobedient and you reject me. There's no protection there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10 and 11. It says, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us. When is it good for us? Always. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. I love that last part, are trained in this way. You have to train yourself to uh, the Lord's discipline. You have to say, I'm going to train myself to receive the Lord's discipline. Because most people don't because it's painful. Because that means that usually what it means is I have to let go of something that, you, that's been, that you've been holding on to. It could be unforgiveness. It could be bitterness, resentment, uh, doubt, fear, anything. But if you receive it, guess what? You, could, you have to train yourself to receive the Lord's discipline because it's not easy. I can't tell you in my earlier Christian walk how many times a leader, because you know God speaks through, can speak through leaders. It doesn't have to be him. He can use other people in leadership to speak to certain situations if you receive it. I remember this one time, this uh, guy uh, was in one of uh, tomorrow night's group, and he came to me about a situation. He was, uh, he was dating a girl, and I was like, so how's the relationship going? And so he begins to tell me about the relationship. I don't know about this. I just, I don't know if, if she's the one. I don't, I just, I got a lot of doubts. And I was like, oh, well, you don't sound real confident about it. Like, you, that's not reassuring. And he's like, well, yeah, that's just kind of where we are. I was like, okay, well, I was like, well, obviously you could do what you want to do. But it sounds like, to me, what I would do in this situation is I would just step back, pray, and say, why do I really feel all these emotions that I feel? Why do I receive, feel all these red flags? Because God will show you red flags. It's up to you whether you're going to ignore it 
or receive it. And so he said, okay, yeah, I'll do that. He stopped coming around. Next thing I find out, he's engaged to the girl. They get married. And then a couple years later, they get divorced. And it turned out into this big drama, this huge drama. And come to find out, she had doubts, too, going into it. And all he had to do, and I'm not God, I just said, I made a suggestion. I said, you're not real sure. You're telling me. I I didn't say do this. You're telling me that this doesn't sound real good. I don't think you should move forward. Now, that's what I would do is your decision, but he moved forward. When I'm telling you, there's safety when you receive the counsel and the correction and the discipline for those in leadership, even from God. Not just God, but those in leadership as well. Because people will try to negate the counsel of leaders. Well, God didn't tell me that. Well, did you know God could use leaders to speak to you? I don't know if you realize that. That's kind of how the church works. But some people, well, God didn't speak that to me, so I don't know about that. Well, have at it. We'll pray that it works out. And we do we pray that it works out, but we have to receive the Lord's correction and discipline and make sure that, hey, going into 2023, I'm not going to be disobedient to God's correction. If he points some things out, guess what? I'm going to move swiftly on that because there's no protection when you reject his correction. Amen? Amen. Last and final thing. Number three, fight your battles. Don't serve them. Fight your battles. Don't serve them. And y'all probably like, what is he talking about? There is a difference between fighting battles and serving battles. Fighting battles is this. While I acknowledge what I'm walking through, there's a faith and a strength that rises up on inside of me that says, I'm not giving in to what the enemy, to the enemy's attack. My faith, my trust, my hope is in God that he's going to deliver me from this battle, and my faith and trust is in God alone. That's how you fight your battles. How you serve your battles is this. While I acknowledge what I'm going through, I'm going to make my whole world around what I'm battling. So everything that you do, whatever the battle is, everything bows down to that issue that you're battling. So a big one is sickness. So many people bow down and serve sickness. And I'm not saying that there are, there are some extreme medical issues, that, and you need to take care of that. I'm not making light of that at all. But some people make it their whole world. And in every decision they make, well, I would do that, but you know I'm battling this. Well, I, I, I want to serve, but I want to do this, but I, I can't make it because I'm, I'm battling this. I, it's, 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 you know, it's just in every, what they really want is your sympathy. They just want your sympathy and your attention. Because every conversation is going to come around to what they're battling. And so they, be, they live their whole life serving their, their battle and not fighting it. And over time, what happens is, in their relationship with God, they get frustrated with God because it's like, God, why haven't you moved? God, why? Because ha- you hadn't been fighting. You've been serving your battle. And when you fight your battle, you say, I'm, I don't care how I feel. I'm going to get in the presence of God. Everybody has cell phones. Turn on some worship music right there, and you can sit in a chair. You can lay in the bed. Fight your battles. Don't serve them. Don't let your, your battles dictate your whole life. And you just... Everything in your life is dictated around what you do. Think about this. Let's read this in John chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. I'm going to give you two stories in the Bible about what I'm, to speak to what I'm talking about a little bit more clear. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holidays. Inside the city near the Sheep Gate was a pool, the pool of Bethesda, 
with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, uh, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. How long? 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time and asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir. I'm a sick man, for I have, been, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Something else always, someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Okay, so let's break this down. We know, according to the text, for 38 years, this man was sick with some type of illness. So for 38 years, his excuse of why he hadn't been healed is because someone always gets there faster than me. To me, that sounds like a person that's comfortable with their sickness. Because if you know all you have to do is get in the pool to get healed, who's going to stop you for 38 years? Think about it. So you just mean to tell me for 38 years, and he probably would have just kept going along if Jesus hadn't showed up, for 38 years, you're just going to let, it, oh, someone, I don't have, they just get here before I do. If you're really tired of what you're battling, you're going to fight. When you're tired of what you're dealing with, you're going to fight. But if you don't fight, the alternative is you get comfortable with what you're battling, and it becomes your identity. So people began to identify him as, oh, that's the sick guy. I've been here for 38 years. Here he is again. Watch, I bet he ain't going to get in the pool this year. <laughs> how much y'all want to bet? Let's, let's cast some lots and see how much. Let's say, I, get it. I bet he ain't going to get there this year. Look, look. I told you. I told you. I knew he was going to get there. I knew he wasn't going to get there. He said he wanted to be healed, but he don't. <laughs> what is that? He got comfortable in his battle because he's serving his battle, not fighting it. In your battles, don't get comfortable in them. Don't just say, well, this is just the way it is. I just have to, you don't have to deal with that the rest of your life. Fight. Yes. Rise up in your most holy faith and fight. Yes. Is it hard? Yes. But I'm telling you, it's a lot better to just sit there comfortable, miserable, with no alternative but doom and depression. You just heard about the guy Twitch that just, just committed suicide. And the world is mourning. It's like, on the outside, the man looked like he had everything. Beautiful family, nice career, and all these things. But eternally, obviously, he was battling something that he didn't tell anybody about. And the only way that he felt like I could get out of my battle is taking my life. That's what happens when you serve your battle and you get comfortable in it. It eventually wants to take you out. Fight your battles. Don't serve them. I'll give you another example. James chapter 2, verse 4. I'm sorry, before we get there, uh, blind Bartimaeus was another one. We talk about blind Bartimaeus all the time because that's such a good story. But blind Bartimaeus, he, the Bible says that he had a cloak. But when Jesus called him, he said, blind Bartimaeus, or he didn't call him blind Bartimaeus, he said, come here. So when Jesus summons him and he came, it says he immediately threw off his cloak and he came to Jesus. What does that mean? Well, every day that he would wake up, that cloak represent, I'm a beggar. His cloak was his identity. So every day he would wake up, he would throw on that cloak, and everybody would identify, that's a beggar. But when he encountered Jesus, he said, I'm losing the identity of this beggar, and I'm setting myself free. Why? Because in that moment when he encountered Jesus, he said, I'm going to fight, and I'm stop serving this battle. When you encounter Jesus in a real way, stop serving your battles and fight. Fight. James chapter 2, verse 4. It says, uh, 
Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind, troubles of what? So any kind mean any kind. Troubles of any kind come your way. Consider it an opportunity of great joy. Now that's confusing. So I'm supposed to be joyful when trouble comes? Of any kind? That's what the word says, right? When troubles of any time come, be joyful. Or an opportunity for great joy, it says. How can trouble become an opportunity for great joy? I don't like trouble. I'm trying to stay away from trouble. But it says, when troubles of any kind come your kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So why does it say that? If we keep reading, it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So that's why we should rejoice, because when our faith is tested, it allows us to endure trials moving forward. You know, kids have tons of energy. And they have energy, it seems like, all day, but kids don't have endurance. They have energy, no endurance. If a, a, an adult said, hey, kids, let's go on a three-mile jog, them kids would start off excited for about running for about the first 100 yards, 200 yards. But at some point, somebody goes, I'm tired. This is too hard. I need some water. I need to go to the bathroom. Why? Because they don't have the endurance to endure the race. But what we do is when our faith is tested, it gives us the ability to endure things so we can finish our race. We need endurance because guess what? If you don't have endurance, it's going to be hard to endure troubles of any kind. <laughs> That's why it's an opportunity of great joy because my faith is growing. So now that my faith is growing, when trouble comes, I can say, oh, devil, I overcame this. I'm going to overcome this too. Why? Because my endurance and my faith are growing. So that's why we consider it an opportunity of great joy. So don't be troubled when in 2023 you, you get some trouble of any kind. Say, you know what? This is an opportunity for great joy because I know my faith is getting tested and my endurance is going to get stronger and stronger for me to endure everything that I need to endure to finish the race that God has set before me. And that's good, that's good news. That is good news. So in closing... In 2023, allow your endurance to grow by trusting God no matter what you face. Take victory by walking in faith and trusting God without wavering. Don't serve your battle, fight it. We love to sing that song, this is how I fight my battle, fight them. Don't sing about it, fight them. Fight them. Because, you know, people go crazy when that part goes, this is how I fight my battle. Well, let's see you fight. But when it's time to fight, you look like you're getting beat up like Tommy Hearns beat up Martin. All tore up. Fight. <laughs> when it's time to fight, fight. Allow your faith to grow. So all, <laughs> excuse me. So all this could be summed up in this. In 2023, allow your faith to grow. Allow your faith, your passion to be stronger. Don't give in to the attacks of the enemy, the lies of the enemy. So again, in 2023, we're going to, uh, don't, we're not going to be lukewarm. We're going to be passionate for the things of God, consistent in the things of God. We're going to receive God's correction and discipline immediately. And we're going to fight our battles and not serve them. Amen? Amen. 
Hey, man, come on, y'all give the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me, a hand clap for Clarice. We're going to fight in 2023. I know some of you are in the middle of a fight right now. And I can look across this auditorium, and I know we have volunteers in the back and some that are not here today. But I was telling tomorrow, for some of you that I, we've known for an extended amount of time, and I'm not going to call on people's names because I don't like embarrassing people, but I've seen some people that have been consistent in their pursuit of God. And I can see the growth in them just by being consistent. Even when they feel like, man, I don't see anything change. Guess what God does? God sees it. He sees your pursuit. And guess what? He'll provide for you. He'll protect you. He'll speak to you if you keep being consistent with him. It's like God can only do his part. You have to do your part. And when you do your part, he'll go above and beyond and bless you above anything you can imagine. You just got to be consistent. Consistency. That's it. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word today. Thank you that we're encouraged and charged for 2023, Lord. That this won't be any old year like it's been in the past, but we will go in 2023 with a focus. That we'll be intentional in our pursuit of you. And I thank you, Lord, that we're thankful for everything that you've done in this year, in 2022, in the years in the past. But I thank you that 2023 will be the year of breakthrough. 2023 will be the year that we receive everything that we've promised you because we put our hope and our trust in you. Help us to be consistent, Lord. Help us to flame into our own flames, to continue to be passionate in our pursuit of you and never let it get lukewarm, Lord. Let us always be passionate about your word, about your presence, about prayer, serving, Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives and what you will continue to do. And I thank you again that 2023 will be our best year to date. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Charged for 2023. It was, I was struggling the whole time, trying not to cough. I kept feeling it coming. I was like, I'm trying to hold it in. I'm holding it in. But it finally came out at the end. But anyway, we're going to give one more final. Um, what I'm trying to say, I'm losing my train of thought now. Invitation, there you go. And that's for anyone that wants to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. And you can bow your heads and close your eyes one more time. <clears throat> I just want, never want to have a, a service and not give anyone an opportunity to surrender their life to the Lord. If you're in the room and before the new year even begins, you say, I want to start now. I want to start in my passionate pursuit of the Lord right now. And I've been lukewarm. I've been cold. My relationship with God has not been hot. But I want to surrender my life to him in this moment to receive him as my Lord and Savior. No one looking around. If that's you, just lift your hand. Amen. Just ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me for my sin. I come to you and lay down my life as you lay your life down. 
for me. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in my life, for your mercy and your grace, that your love, that it never runs out on me. I thank you that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made by you, that you have a plan and a purpose for my future. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer in the, in the sanctuary, in the seat back in front of you, there's a tab that says, let's connect. On the back, it says, I made a decision. Fill that out and drop it off in the offering bucket. And we'll reach out to you throughout the week. And if you're online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that uh, you made a decision and we will pray with you. Amen. But before we let our online audience go, we want to give you guys an opportunity to give. There's a couple ways you could do it. You can go on our website at newlifemobile.org, click on the homepage, and then there's a tab that says Give Online, or you can download our app. You can give that way as well. Uh, we're going to pray for the offering for those online, and then you guys are dismissed online. Lord, we thank you for the tithe and offerings, Lord God. It's such a privilege and honor it is to serve you with our tithe, with our finances, Lord God, because you've generously provided for us throughout this whole year. You've sustained us this whole year, Lord God. And it's nothing but the blessing of God. And I thank you that it, going into 2023, Lord, that this will be our greatest financial year individually that this each and every family has ever had. I thank you that there will be no lack, that they would have everything that you, they need. And I speak a blessing over each and every household that gives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you guys, thank you for tuning in, tuning in online again. This Friday, we will have Songs of Christmas at 6.30 this Friday, so we won't have Sunday service on Christmas next Sunday. But join us. Everybody's invited. Uh, Songs of Christmas, 6.30 p.m. is going to be a lot of fun. Bring your family. Bring your friends. It's going to be cool. We will see you there. And Merry, Merry Christmas. Amen. Oh, before, I do want to say this. Like, if you, since we won't have church next Sunday, if you want to bring your tithe and offering to church on Friday, you can do that as well because we won't be here on Sunday to do such. Okay. All right, guys, just 